have a good day. Every day I leave my apartment in a part of Queens where nobody worries about me getting hurt. Hi, good morning. A lot of people who take the G train south to Brooklyn get off at stops that connect to Manhattan. There aren't a lot of people who get off the train at my stop. There are no connections to the city here. It's Bed-Stuy, the heart of Brooklyn. This is where some people worry about me. I make visits to people's homes in this neighborhood. I'm a public health nurse for low-income first-time moms. I go to places that a lot of my friends and family will never go, ever. For some of them, that means certain blocks of Bed-Stuy. For others, it means stepping into a tiny stainless steel elevator wet with urine in a public housing complex. I just can't see my father-in-law there, and he can't either. So when we talk about my job, he fixates on safety. Pat has encouraged me to carry a taser, and my mother-in-law wants me to carry bear spray, which is mace, enough for a bear. A few people want me in self-defense classes. I'm told to keep my face up and look around. Don't look down and distracted. Don't stand next to vans. Someone could open the door and snatch me. Don't wear overalls because someone could cut the straps with a knife. Don't wear my hair in a ponytail. Someone could grab it and control me that way. But my favorite advice is this. If I need to get on an elevator and there's a creepy person there too, fake a conversation on my flip phone. Oh. Hi, yeah, this is Amy. Okay, then hold up a finger and tell the creepy person, Oh, go on up. It's my boss on the phone. Like they care who it is. A lot of the other nurses do this. But I think if I tried it, I would laugh at myself and they would think I was creepy making fake phone calls and laughing. To be fair, all the advice I'm given is not completely baseless. There have been attacks on visiting nurses. In 2010, Carrie Lynn Johnson was caring for a patient in Detroit when someone entered the house, shot her and her patient, and set the house on fire. Then there was the home visiting nurse in New Orleans who was kidnapped and raped by five men last year while working. One nurse at my job was walking on the street and got punched in the face for her iPhone. She always finishes the story saying she shouldn't have brought it out. She has to say that, or someone else will. I know that if I embrace fear and I'm attacked, people will say it wasn't her fault. She was very cautious. But if I don't show the right amount of fear and I'm attacked, people will say I was careless and I will have to take some of the blame. It's not that I'm fearless. I'm not from this city and I'm pretty small. I have my own fear I carry, but the consensus seems to be that it's not enough. I jokingly told a friend that my plan for the guys who started to follow me one day was to tell them I'm an undercover cop. I laughed at myself. She didn't smile. She said, Amy, you may think you have a plan, but those guys stood there all day thinking of a plan for you. Made it. <laughs> I feel powerless and exhausted when people remind me to be afraid. 
You know, walking into a patient's life saying, I'm going to take care of you without being 100% sure if you're safe is something that nurses have always done. But usually the risk is infection. The nurses that took care of HIV-positive patients in the 1980s must have been afraid. And maybe their friends and family couldn't understand why they would want to keep doing that work. But their friends and families never got to see their human patients being human beings. Hello. I can't stop someone from hurting me if they really want to. But fear makes me give up on friendliness with the people who also walk in the neighborhood. Fear messes up my ability to see my client as a unique individual if I'm scared of her environment or her family. I give up on ponytails and overalls. I give up on daydreams like gifts that wander in while I walk between visits. Fear requires my whole brain. I would rather take the blame.